Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 184, Shelly's Change Story, seeing reactivity in a completely new way. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. My guest today is Shelly, who is an amazing part of our little school big change community. Um, we love Shelly. She's super active there and just shares so many awesome things that she's been seeing. And she's been on my mind to to potentially have on the podcast for a while now because I've just seen so many things open up for her. Um, and she's so excited. You'll hear in this episode, she's just like, She's, I don't know, she just gets so giddy and excited about, about how things have shifted. And me too, listening to her, because it's really cool. It's a really big deal. So as she'll describe, she came into this conversation because she felt really reactive. And I thought that was a great thing too for her to get to talk about here on the podcast because it's so incredibly relatable. I think probably many people aren't sitting around saying, oh, I have a reactivity issue, like maybe Shelly was for a while. But but what she describes is like, you know, just someone would say something or she said, you know, she'd walk in the kitchen and see the dishes and there would just be this horrible, heavy feeling, this defensiveness, this reactivity to something that someone had done or said. And she knew better. You know, she knew that this was something within her. She knew this was her own thinking. She knew it was her own stuff. And that set her out on this giant search to do all kinds of things, all all the self-help and the brain rewiring and all the things. And, you know, none of them really did anything long-term. And what I love now is how she sees this in such a completely different way. She's really come to see, oh my gosh, everything is reactivity and all reactivity is is my identification with a belief or some thought or belief arises and there's this me and mine, you know, built into it. And of course that's reactivity. It would be for anyone. It doesn't have anything to do with personality or being a reactive person or what other people do or anything. It, when we really look at it, it comes down to this identification with a thought or belief. And as Shelly talks about, when she saw that, it just blew this wide open. And one of the coolest side effects of this has been what she calls listening, which we can call it listening. But really, it's almost just, it's almost bigger than that. It's like just this sense of presence. And she talks about how she couldn't listen or hear when, when her mind was so full of defensiveness and me, me, me and reactivity. And now that that's not there in the same way, she can deeply listen and hear things, not only in conversation with other people, but within herself and in life. And it, it's just really great, a really huge thing to have opened up. And I loved hearing about it. So so enjoy this conversation with Shelly. Hi, Shelly. Thank you so much for coming on Changeable. Oh, hi. You're so welcome. It's my pleasure. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you. Um, because I've gotten to know you over the last couple of years in the school um, and just see so, I've seen so much change for you. And I just, I love some of the stuff that you share. So I think this is going to be a great conversation for people. Um, 
Yeah. So I guess maybe start by just saying a little bit about what what attracted you to this conversation? Like, how, was there something that you were wanting to have change about your life or kind of what, what drew you into this? Well, for sure, the number one thing that drew me into this was being reactive. I felt like, I think, I don't know, I'm not going to say most of my adult life, but since raising my kids, I think, I feel like I've, always been so reactive, reactive to what people say, reactive to uh, what my beliefs that I didn't know were my beliefs. Like I thought they were the real thing. And I noticed now I know they're my beliefs, but before I thought they were fact, the facts. And so I would be so reactive when somebody would challenge those facts, you know, quote unquote facts, which now I know are not facts, and that um, protecting and defending and uh, my beliefs was so unbelievably painful. Mm. And I would feel horrible after. Yeah. So, yeah, so what, what did, say a little bit more about what that looked like. Like you would get really defensive or offended easily or like how, what are some of the ways that showed up? It, I would say defensive. Like I think my go-to was defensive and I had no idea obviously why, why that happened. And I literally tried everything. I think that I have read, you know, I've read so many books on rewiring your brain and um, I would go to silent meditation retreats and um, biofeedback. I mean, I did everything and the list goes on. And of course, none of it helped because I was still steeped in those beliefs that I thought were facts. Yeah. And, 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 And now that I'm in this conversation, what I really see is that I was trying to fix something that I could never fix because I there there's just no way I was part of that reaction. So like the me that wanted to fix it could never have been able to fix it with anything outside of me. Yeah, I love that. So so at the time before before this, it looked how did it look to you? Did it look like oh my I'm just a defensive person apparently and you you kind of felt like you needed to think in a new way or like what are yeah, how did it look when it looked like a different kind of problem? I think I oh I don't know how many like I don't know to who I was talking to that they would even notice, to be honest with you. But I felt it. It was like someone would say something or um, or something would happen or whatever it was. And I would get defensive. And like there would be bickering, like, you know, maybe between my husband and I or whatever. And I don't even know if he ever noticed it. But the feeling I got from it was horrific. So it's not like anybody ever noticed it, I don't think. Like I didn't make enemies, but I knew the feeling I had, like I didn't like it. I just wanted to get rid of that feeling, that yucky, yucky feeling when you're trying to uphold your position. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think that's so helpful for people to hear because, you know, so often these things look like problems or, or we think it's a problem if, if people are talking to us about it or if other people are complaining or whatever. But I mean, everybody, I think, knows what you're talking about in terms of like those things. It's just the thought that shows up in us and then just this whoosh of horrible feeling. And, you know, again, if, if no one else is complaining about it, it can so easily look like, yeah, this is horrible, but this is just how I am or whatever, you know, but, but yeah. So I, I think that's so great to see how much you felt it and hey, who knows what other people even saw, but it kind of doesn't matter. You know what? It, it, it's funny because I mean, now I, I, I'm going back to now and I'm so sorry, but now I realize that that's the norm of like conversations and just normal behavior outside of this conversation. And so I probably was like, I guess in the norm, but the feeling that it gave me was not, I don't want to use normal or not normal, but it was so painful that I just didn't want to live with that pain. I, I wanted to be beyond that painful feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I figure it out. I was trying to figure it out that I guess that's the best thing. Like, okay, why am I reacting like this? What is going on in my brain? And that's why I read so many rewiring your brain books thinking that, okay, if I rewired my brain, because, you know, it's, you know, my reptilian brain or whatever, you know, I was on a quest to change the pathways of my brain. Yeah. So did, did any of that help in any way? It was temporary fix. Like I'd go to a meditation retreat or a silent retreat and I'd get back and I'd feel so amazing. And then kind of like revert right back to that yucky feeling of defending my beliefs. Yeah. And that's hard sometimes, isn't it? Because you're like, what? What happened to my nice feeling? You know, that kind of really keeps you on that hamster wheel of feeling like you always need to be doing something to maintain some kind of nice feeling. Yes. Yes. And then it just gets exhausting. Yeah. So, so how do you remember kind of, I know it's been a little bit, but do you remember uh, I don't know how that started to look different or when you started to see this reactivity thing in a new way? Well, I think, I, well, I know that the first thing that happened was I found your first book and then I read that and I thought, wow, there's really, like, it was just a wow moment. And then I looked you up online. I started listening to your Changeable. And then I, the, a class was starting. So I was the COVID, spring COVID class. And I took that class. And then slowly things started to change. But it was a, it was, it, you know, it takes a long time to get out of, for me it did, to get out of that identification. Like I couldn't figure that out. And now that word identification is like the most important word to me because now I see it. I see when I'm identified with my own belief and my belief is just something I learned. It's not totally not me. I will protect and defend that belief only when I'm identified with it. 
And what I really see now is that identification is, is, is like the crux of the whole thing for me. Yeah. No, I love that. It is. It is because it's not, you know, it, it can be easy to see it as like, oh, this is, this is the belief's fault. Like this belief showed, you know, like I'm right and they're wrong or whatever a belief might be shows up and creates that feeling in, in you, but it doesn't. It's the identification with it. All kinds of stuff can show up, right? But, but you're really seeing, no, it's when it feels like mine. Yes, because, because every single thing is a belief or a thought, like everything, like my entire experience, I'm sitting in my kitchen right now and whatever I look at, I have a thought about, like, yeah, of course I do, but I'm not identified with any of those things. So they don't bother me. But as soon as I'm identified with something and then I take it personally, I react and I still, even knowing this, I I still do, obviously. I mean, yes, of course, I still will react, but it's so different. How is it different? It's not that, it's not that horrible, yucky, and yucky is like the best word, I think, for me, because that's exactly what it was. It's not that horrible, constricting, yucky feeling. And if it is, it's like such a lesser degree of that. So instead of being like a hundred percent constricting and cutting me off at the throat, it's like 20, maybe 25, 30%. And it leaves much faster because I just see it. Yeah. So what do you see? How would you say that part? Like when that feeling happens, I mean, I don't know. I know it's kind of hard to say, but what is it that's sort of seen now about that feeling that wasn't seen before? It's like, I see, it's the separation of, of me from the belief. So, mm-hmm. so it's like, I'm feeling it. It's like, I'm somewhere else than the belief. And, and I catch that, like, I see that because I, I would only have that yucky feeling if I was in that separation of the belief, thinking it was happening to me, or they said this, you know, and I took it personally. And once. I see that that constricting feeling, which I usually feel in my throat, kind of dissipates. It just dissipates. Sometimes it's faster than other times, and sometimes it's slower. But it doesn't, um, I don't walk into a situation um, maybe nervous or tense as anymore because if that happens, I I know what's happening. Like I'm aware of what's happening before I wasn't aware at all. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something in what you just said is so big. It's like you and the belief are one because the belief, it only hurts and sticks like that if it's happening to you, right? Like they're like, they have attacked your belief or something. So it's like that whole jumble. So I love how you said that it's like the separation I don't know, but, but yeah, seeing that that's one thing when it, when it hurts, when it grabs your attention, that's showing us, oh, okay, there's a me in here that, that feels like it's been attacked. Yes. It's, it's the personalization of the identification. Yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah, it is. And so now you can, 
you can, like what you just said, you can kind of just go into situations and, hey, you're going to feel whatever you're going to feel. But it's so, it sounds like it's so helpful to kind of know what's going on if and when those feelings show up. Yes. Yes. It's so much, it's so helpful. And what, what I find that happens is if, if I'm not, if I, if I'm aware of it, and I'm not always aware of it because I'm not always looking for it. But as soon as I feel that yucky feeling in my throat and I aware that I am being identified with a belief that's, that is being challenged by, you know, somebody, mm-hmm. then, um, and I, and I kind of can take a deep breath and let it, let it go. Then the listening that I'm doing is completely different with that other person. Like, mm-hmm. like it changes everything because when I'm identified with that belief and it's personalized, I can't listen to somebody else. Like, and I know I'm not listening. I'm, I'm already stirred up and waiting for my rebuttal. And, and I'm impatient to get the, my, uh, to speak. And all those things that constricting yucky feeling comes back. But when I, when I see that, then I can listen to the other person and knowing that, wait, nothing's happening. My belief, yeah, my belief might be challenged, but it's not personal it doesn't even really matter yeah it's not even your belief it's just a thought (laughs) you know it's just a thought that's been identified with right that comes up and is being challenged yeah yeah and then I can really listen to the other person and it changes everything changes and they don't have to know anything about any of this (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's so funny because we were talking before and I I was thinking back to, you know, the things that I know that you've talked about over the years and reactivity was a big one and listening was a big one. And it's so clear now as you talk about it, how those are the same thing, you know, and, and so like, oh, well, no wonder she freaked out so much about, oh my gosh, I can actually listen now <laughs> because it's so tied to reactivity because that was what was always in the way of it. Yes, yes. When you're, when you're, um, when you're believing your own beliefs and you're identified with them, there's no way you can listen because I don't think you can listen and be in your own head at the same time. No. Yeah, that's so true. So what is, I know it's hard to describe maybe, but like, what is listening feel like now? Like how, what's your experience of that without being in your head as much? Well, I think I get really excited (laughs) to listen, which maybe isn't such a, well, it is what it is, but I get excited because I can't believe I'm actually really listening. (laughs) Well, people love that. I'm sure that's awesome. Everyone wants someone who's excited to listen to them. Because it's almost like a, uh, it's like it's like a new toy in a weird, weird way, because it's like, oh my gosh, so many times in the past, I never really listened. Yeah. And it's crazy when we listen, or like, you know, yeah, when we feel like we're in this place of deeper listening, kind of what 
what we hear and what we see in people. You know, I think this is my experience of it is like, it always looked like everybody was just the same old them that they always had been. And then as I felt less identified with so much thinking, it was like, everything's new, you know, and, and it is exciting. It is like a new toy and you're, and you're, you discover people and you're like, whoa, I didn't know that you had that sense of humor or that, you know, that this was here or that was there. It's just, it's crazy to see how much of our quote unquote listening is, like you said, it's just listening for something from our own identification and how, how much that can change. Yeah, it's so crazy. And it doesn't even have to be a person. Like it could just be like, uh, um, you could be by yourself and be doing this really, you know, like you don't have to be with another person. Like you, you can become identified with your beliefs and take something personal all by yourself without someone else being in the room. Yeah. Just because those beliefs are constantly going through your head. Yeah. That's such a good point. And, and to have that, that sense of that feedback, you know, like you have that feeling in your throat. There's other things I'm sure, but like just, just as soon as that, that icky feeling, that yucky feeling, it clicks that like, oh, this is feedback of that identification. This is just showing me. Yeah. It's just so cool how that works. And almost to the point of, I know people have talked about this and I've felt this of like, bring it on. Okay. I'm kind of excited for the next time I feel it because I know what's happening. I know what it's showing me. Yes, it's more, it, it really is more like a gift because it just, yeah. oh, that, that feeling, what, what am I identifying with? What am I believing? And it can be so absolutely ridiculous. And then it just spins us like, like, like even something is as the dishes in the sink. Okay. I, I can come in the kitchen and see dishes in the sink. And I have the belief that if you use a dish, you should probably put it in the sink. But if I identify with that belief, then, and I take it personally, like, oh my gosh, they didn't put it in the sink because what? They don't think I have anything better to do than put their dishes in the sink. (laughs) Then when I see someone in my family, I'm just going to totally react um, based on my story. I'm reacting from the idea that they're thinking that I have nothing better to do than put their dishes in the sink, but that's not true at all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it really strikes me as you're saying that, that this is, this is, it's almost hard to talk about. It's definitely hard to talk about how, how these shifts happen because it's not like what you're saying. It's not like you didn't know that before. You know, you could have, I'm sure with all the self-help books that you read, you were probably aware on some level that like, okay, I'm carrying around this stuff, uh, you know, this, this judgment toward my family or whatever, but it doesn't mean that there's any space from it. Like we can be super aware of what's happening to, to some extent, you know, on some level and still just feel completely victimized by it. So it's really, it's not about just learning this or seeing what's going on or whatever, but there's something, and even now I don't know the answer. I don't know how to talk about what happens, but there's something about just the exploration, the opening that happens in this conversation of, you know, just seeing who we are beyond all this thinking and that those identifications start to weaken and shift. I think that just, yeah, it's like finally things get to land in a, in a way that 
all the learning in the world couldn't make them land. Okay, so for, for me, the shift was what's truth versus perception? So what's really true? What's really true are the sink, the dishes are in the sink. That's really the only thing that's true. And my whole perception is they left them there because they didn't think I had anything better to do than put there. You know, that's just the yeah. story. And once yeah. I kept saying, wait, what's true? And then what was true was like a short, teeny weeny sentence. And then from that little sentence, I would see the whole story my mind would create. And then once I saw that story, and it could be a story, a belief, a thought, or whatever. Once I saw that story, I saw how I um, I, uh, per- I identified with it. I identified with the story my mind created. And then that was the path that opened the door to reacting. Oh, yeah. I love that. It makes so much sense because you're right. Like these perceptions and stories, they just happen. They just happen all the time. But to really zoom in like that or however it, however you saw to do that, to see, oh, there's the belief popping up. And then here's a me tying myself to it and <laughs> saying, this one's worth defending. This is true. Yeah, that's really where the, where the suffering comes in. Yeah, that was the biggest shift for me was the story versus the truth like like there's only like the the truth is always i find that the truth is always like a very short sentence yeah no matter what it is and then the story uh, obviously is is so much longer and if i if i just continue not that i'm really doing it but that's how i started to see it was just seeing the truth from the story. And then I saw how every time there was a story, that's what I'm reacting to. I'm never reacting to the truth. Wow, that's huge too. That's so huge when you get a little space to see that. Like, oh, it's this story that is completely made up that causes all that suffering, nothing else. Yeah, it's so true. It's so unbelievably true. Wow. So. So how else is this shown up? Like I love, like you were saying that really when you look at it, this reactivity thing is about what you're saying here, right? It's just identifying the thought and beliefs and, and it plays out in so many areas of our life. Um, I know you were mentioning on the forum uh, a couple months ago, maybe about uh, trying out a new medication and having all these effects and like being able to kind of have it sounded kind of horrible <laughs> physically, but and mentally and emotionally, I'm sure. But like being able to be less reactive with all that. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So that was kind of like a weird, a weird gift because, um, because thank God now the side effects have subsided. But when I had them, I, my mind went right to a story, you know, right to story about, you know, I have to be on this for 18 months. So it kept saying, oh my gosh, how are you going to do that? You're never going to be able to, you know, deal with the side effect for 18 months. And it was just story after story. And I, it was hard not to react. And I, and of course I did react to, you know, the side effect, but 
I kept going back to, wait, yes, I'm in pain, but the pain is being made so much worse by this story that I'm believing. And, and then, um, slowly but surely, but it was also because of, you know, the side effect kind of subsided, but it was such a great experience to be able to really see the story versus what was really happening. And, and even though the pain was bad, the story made the pain, you know, so much worse. Yeah. 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 The story is like the, the resistance to the pain. The pain's there and pain's pain, right? But it's like that story just leads to like ugh, that big ball of resistance. Yeah. The story to anything. I mean, it's, is so crazy. And now I really see that, that everything that I ever react to is I'm always reacting to the story. There's nothing else I'm reacting to because what's really happening, I'll deal with. Yeah. Isn't it crazy to see like what's really happening is never really a problem. Mm -mm, It really isn't. Even when we don't like it, it just, it's just not a problem. It's like, okay, well, there's something I don't like. And it's like that story comes in. And yeah, that's where all the suffering and the problem comes from. And again, where all that resistance comes from, which just kind of keeps the whole thing feeling so energized. Yes. And, and, and when I'm in that reaction to the story, that's when I, I, it ends up becoming like a rumination loop. Like I'm just ruminating on the, the story. And I, and it's hard to break out of that once I'm in it. And once I'm in it, um, I, I can't listen. I can't listen to something other than the rumination loop. Like it's very hard to break out of that. Now, now, thank God, thank God. I don't get into that loop for that long anymore. Mm -hmm. But that is um, because I feel that suffering. I mean, that's, yeah. oh my gosh, that's so painful. Isn't it interesting that what used to kind of pull you into that loop was the suffering or yeah, the, the feeling of that suffering would kind of pull us into that rumination loop. Like, oh, this feels so horrible. Almost like behind that was like, this must be true and it's really happening. And then the rumination would start and it's so cool to see how now you're saying it's the opposite. It's like the feeling wakes you up to it and kind of, I mean, kind of making this up, but it kind of prevents the rumination from starting. It's sort of, you know, it's like you see the feeling shows you what's going on so much more quickly. Yes. And with that being said, by you saying that, it just made me realize this. That is why all the years I spent trying to change my neural pathways externally with external stuff um, only made the reacting worse because it was, it, there was no way to, to do that. It would never have happened and lasted because I didn't know. I was trying to change everything outside of me and I didn't know that um, what was causing it was exactly what I was doing. So what was causing it was, was my belief in something and then personalizing it and identifying with it. 
And so if I'm doing all these things without knowing that, that was never going to help. Yeah, because you're just finding new beliefs and, you know, to cling on to in order to make yourself better. So you're right. Yeah, that's so big to see. But how cool that in the really big picture, you know, I mean, we struggle and it doesn't work and we try things and they don't work. But, but, you know, eventually this, this suffering was a gift and it did allow you to see things in a new way. But yeah, that is so funny. It's like, Wow, no wonder all those things didn't work. I was creating the problem by trying to fix it. Yes, I was creating more. Uh, like I was in the, the rumination loop, tr- in a bigger loop, trying to fix the everyday rumination loops or whatever you want to call them, the identity uh, <laughs> of belief loop. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it just speaks so much to what what I just think is the, core of all of this or one of the cores maybe is like it's just we just can look in a different direction you know all and it's not our fault obviously all we know is to just dive deeper into what we know and of course it would look like rewire your brain hey that's got to help you know that probably seemed pretty basic and essential at one point like this is clearly going to help and and then we just you know, keep hitting these these dead ends. But that's what I just love so much about this conversation is it's like, it just completely changes. It's like a 180 on all of it where it's like, what if that isn't a problem? What if it's just misunderstood or it's just something trying to wake you up? It's actually a helpful thing. And then I don't know, it's like from there, everything just gets blown wide open. Yeah, yeah. And it really... um the beautiful thing is, is it allows you to really question things that you hold so dear as a, as a fact, as a belief and, and kind of step back and say, and be curious about it. Like, wait, this might look really, really true, but is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And in, kind of seeing that our beliefs, our beliefs, but the beliefs that, that we've identified with as ours, they, they feel very safe and protective and part of us, but they're, they also have that flip side every single time, you know, like they're going to bite us at some point. There's a, there's a part that's like, we're less free for every belief we're lugging around. And especially when we think it's me and my belief there's not ultimate freedom there at all. And it's okay. I mean, we're human. We're, that's, that's the state of it sometimes. But, but how cool to see just what you're saying. It's like, wow, we can just easily and naturally just be curious about each and every belief that we notice along the way. And what if we could just hold all of those less loosely? It's like that is the definition of freedom. Yes. And, what, and I think that when you hold them less uh when you hold them loose, I think that um, whoever you come in contact with, it's okay. It's all okay what they what they say, what they think, how they feel. It, it's all okay, and and there's no reason. This was a, a big leap for me because I was in this phase for a long time with this. There is no reason why you have to explain this paradigm. To talk to anybody. <laughs> like, you just don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. So did it look to you like you had to explain this at one point? It, 
first. Yeah. Like I think I spent a couple months there. Like I was, um, I guess what it was, I think looking back, not that it matters, is that that mirroring, like I would see in them the mirror of me and I would react to that. Like in trying to change their thinking on this paradigm. Do you see what I'm saying? But I wasn't, I hadn't embodied this yet. It was just like on the surface, like intellectually, I understood it. Yeah, that's a better word. Intellectually, I understood it, but I for sure didn't 100% like embody it. I was only on an intellectual level. And at that point, when I came in contact with people that, um, I mean, I think at that point, I still believed my beliefs were me. I didn't get that identity part that they're... that I was identifying with them, but I was also identifying with the things that were intellectually learned from this paradigm. And so when somebody, when I was talking with somebody else, if they were challenging my belief, let's say, or whatever it was, not only would I get defensive on that, but I would also, it would be like, I see myself in them. And then I would want to try to fix me and them at the same time by trying to instruct in this paradigm. And that was like, that was like a couple months of disaster. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's so relatable. I think that's so common. I remember being in that kind of place too. And it's almost like, like we're on, but like, it's just like you said, you got it on some level, but you hadn't fully embodied it yet. And so, yeah, it's like a, it's like a fancier or like maybe seeming more sophisticated way of just trying to fix everything in the world so we can feel okay. <laughs> you know, like if everyone understood this, then I'd be okay. And it's like, mm, wait a minute, <laughs> like that can't be the case. So, but it's like a, it's like a stopover, you know, before fully kind of embodying it more. Yeah, it was, yes, it was definitely, this was definitely a journey. And my journey is not done by any means, but thank God, thank God, thank God. Even though I still react, which I know I do, I know about it now. It's like, it's like the, um, the, uh, this, the glasses come off. Like I, I know that when I'm reacting, you know, like I, I know when I'm down that pathway where before I was just all over the place. So, so, and I think probably my entire life I'm going to react. Of course I am, but, but I know about it now. Like the yeah. costume's off. Yeah. I love that. And it's that, that there's so much freedom in that too. It's like, Hey, whatever this personality thing is, I mean, of course it's all made of thought, but yeah, we're conditioned little humans and have conditioned little brains and there's tendencies and maybe this little reactive thing will be there forever. But what amazing freedom that it kind of doesn't matter. You know, like it's okay if that's just part of the Shelly, the Shelly character forever and ever. It's, it doesn't have to be resisted or hated or a problem. Yeah, they, you just hit the nail on the head with that word. That's where the freedom is. Like even if if I fall into reactivity, which which I will and I do, there's freedom in now. There's freedom in reactivity, <laughs> yeah. which before there was all suffering, but now because I know all it is is I'm I'm being identified by my belief and taking something personally, and that's always going to happen. But it's there's freedom in it happening now. It's not like I'm not putting myself in jail. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, the character doesn't have to change, but you know that you're not that character now. 
yeah, I know that it's just that I'm, I'm reacting to being identified. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much for this conversation, Shelly. I think, um, I love this. I haven't talked specifically about this as sort of a habit on here before, but it's just so relatable. Everybody's going through our own versions of this and maybe not even recognizing it as something that causes a lot of suffering. So, and I just love how for you, it was just this doorway into this, you know, I mean, it's such a, such a gift that like everything that this little reactivity problem uh, opened up for you is pretty amazing. Well, I have to thank you because the like the forum and the school and everybody involved is just the biggest gift. Oh, thank you. We love having you part of the community. And yeah, thank you again so much for this conversation. Thank you. The next Little School of Big Change course begins in just two weeks on February 7th. And the upcoming course will include entirely brand new content. It's the new Little School of Big Change. Every single lesson, which you get to keep for life, has been updated, including some new animations and updated guest teacher conversations. It's all amazing. I'm so excited for people to see this new, clearer, simpler pointing. If you still haven't been through the Little School of Big Change ever, this is the time because it's all brand new. And if you have been through the course, this is a great time to come back through, get all the new content and start 2022 in a really great place. So you can enroll now at thelittleschoolofbigchange.com to save your seat for the February 7th course. And remember, you can save 33% on the February course and also get a huge library of digital courses when you're part of Student Access Plus. I can't wait to see you in class in February. February.